Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of today's program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Hello, you're listening to KABF in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up into your business. For the next hour, via phone and email, my guest and I will be, to the best of our ability, answering questions and giving advice to small business owners and to people who dream of owning a small business. You may be asking yourself, what makes this lady qualified to do this? And I'll tell you, experience. So in a minute, you can email or call and ask me anything. My experience is deep and wide and my advice is free. 40 years ago, with just $400, I started Arkansas Flag and Banner. Since then, it's morphed into simply flagandbanner.com with sales nearing $4 million. That's worth saying again. I started Arkansas Flag and Banner with just $400, and today we have sales nearing $4 million. I started by selling flags door-to-door, then went to telemarketing, next mail order and catalog sales, and today we rely heavily on the Internet. In addition, over the last 40 years, I've navigated Flag and Banner through two recessions and two wars. I hope not three recessions. I don't think I could take another. When people find out I'm that woman who owns Arkansas Flag and Banner, they often say, oh, I've heard about you, and begin asking me business advice. I amaze even myself with all the knowledge I've gained. If you call me for advice or you call my guest, you will not be given textbook answers or theory, but you will be given candid advice from my real-world experience. So be prepared for the truth. It's not always easy to hear. For instance, you may not want to hear this. In business, there are very few overnight successes. Starting and owning a business takes persistence, perseverance, and patience. When I started Arkansas Flag and Banner, I supplemented my income by waitressing, all while I peddled my flags door to door. After nine years, did you hear me? Nine years of working a part-time job, the company began to grow and solely support me. My first hire was a bookkeeper to handle the clerical side of the business. My first expansion was to begin the manufacturing of custom flags, so a sewing department developed. The next decade ushered in Desert Storm War. Flags were scarce, so a screen printing department was hurriedly built to meet consumer demands. In addition to sales and manufacturing, Flag and Banner now has a purchasing department, a shipping department, technology department, marketing department, call center, and a retail store. And I spearheaded the development of every one of these departments. My experience is deep and wide, and my advice is free. It's unbelievable, isn't it, Tim? Absolutely. Before we start taking calls, I want to introduce the people at the table. We have Tim Bowen, our technician, who will be taking your calls and pushing the button. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. <laughs> he does that every time. I love it. We got a little routine going. My guest today is David Rosen owner of the Rosen Music Company, known to some as Romco Drums. The Rosen Music Company was founded in April of 1955 by David's father, Marty Rosen. From the beginning, Rosen was a full-service retail music store supporting and selling instruments and accessories for beginners and professional musicians alike. In 1962, David's father, Marty, developed a fiberglass process which he used in the manufacturing of percussion instruments. He called this new business Romco Drums. 
In addition to being a business owner, David Rosen is an accomplished trumpeteer. I think I'm saying that right, or is it trumpeter? Either. Either one. He has played with such greats as Rosemary Clooney, Isaac Hayes, James Brown, and Tony Bennett. Today, Ronco Music Company has moved back to its roots in downtown Little Rock and continues business as usual as a retail music store providing music lessons, sales, and service for all wind, string, and percussion musical instruments. Welcome to the table, musician and small business owner, David Rosen. Thank you, Carrie. It's nice to be with you, and both of you, actually. Oh. It's a crowded room, but uh, we get by. It's a hot room. That listeners need to know, we, it's hot in here. We're suffering. It's, they've got to get, we got to get more air conditioning. You don't think so? I think it's delightful. Well, he's sitting right in front of the fan. True. Uh, okay, so you've played with some great musicians. I was fortunate to be in positions and places to be able to do that. Uh, I started my education career out of, I finished, would have finished high school at Hall High in 1959, but they decided we had, didn't need schools that year. What do you mean? Oh, they was closed that the, the year? School. That was the year, yeah. Oh, so the, uh, the year of the end of the, of the Central Nine, is that the year? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, I think that was the year before. I'm not sure of the chronology. I didn't realize they actually closed the schools. Oh, they closed the high schools. I didn't realize that. Oddly okay. enough, they didn't, uh, didn't close the uh, elementary school. Well, My brother yeah. was at Williams, and they walked, they paraded the, the kids over from Williams to Hall to take Spanish. The faculties were still on board, but there were no students at Hall, at the high schools. So it was, uh, it was kind of a... So you dropped, so you didn't finish school, but I guess they gave you GEDs. No, we went away to school. Where'd you go? I ended up in Colorado. We had, my father was from, he grew up in Colorado. He, he was born in Chicago, but was raised in Colorado. So we had family out there, which is Well, what happens to all the other kids that don't have they family went, anywhere? Oh, they went everywhere. Well, they, there were schools started here. And uh, I mean, there were some really uh, hardworking, conscientious people who bridged that gap or abyss that some people. So they didn't really out. close the schools. You said they closed the school. They didn't really close the schools. Oh, the, yeah, the schools, the public schools were closed, but they built schools. There was one called Rainey, which was a private school that different schools started and of course the county schools are still in operation oh so they just dispersed them out to the county sure, and yeah all that. Okay, that, which is all fine mm -hmm. okay so you went out to colorado and went to school yeah finished there and then i my uh had my freshman year at colorado and i came home after my freshman year my father said son you've uh, you've had four years of fun you're going to come home and go to school now so i went to Lucky enough, went down to Henderson State Teachers College in Arkadelphia at the right, time. Yeah, they had a wonderful jazz band, which I really f liked. They, it was good enough to tour each summer. We would tour. We went to the Far East. Uh, really? J you know, Japan and uh, Formosa, all the islands, Wet Guam and Iwo Jima. From Henderson State College. Oh yeah. Do they still do that? Not so much anymore. That was a USO function. That is really neat. And uh, Caribbean another year, but uh, it was it was quite a good band. Wendell had, had Evans. Had you been playing music all your life? Uh, yeah, I wanted to be a drummer, but my dad said, "No, son, one stupid drummer in our family is enough." And I was, was going to say, "What's your dad play? He plays it, the drum." Yeah, so he gave me a trumpet, and there were many times I thanked him for that wisdom because at the end of the show, for example, I could put uh, my horn in the case and walk out the door. And uh, he was still, you know, the drummer was just getting his cases out to pack. So there was a lot of wisdom in that. Aww. But then, you know, I came home, we, we were lucky. And another 
fortuitous aspect of it, or land yap, I guess, was yeah. the proximity of Hot Springs to Arkadelphia. And I got this, I started playing, uh, I guess my last two years down there, I played at then the Vapors Club. Oh, I remember that. Wonderful, full-blown casino, theater lounge. The casinos, of course, were not legal. But, you know, there were Private <laughs> one. ways to do that, I guess, <laughs> at that time. But that's when I played for a lot of those people. Luckily, each uh, each uh, week there would be a new show. It was either a five-day or a nine-day show. And in many cases, actually most cases, the acts would come through. They're breaking in a new act and go straight to Las Vegas and do that. Where were they coming from, New Orleans? No, just wherever they were headquartered. Because we're kind of in the middle of the United States. Yeah, right there. yeah, that's, yeah it, was, it was an interesting time. Very. That's that's a great story. Do you only, you only play the trumpet? Yeah, uh, for public consumption. I, you know, I can make racket on everything. Oh, you can. So let's take a break so I can tell everybody that you're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy on KABF. This is a mentoring show for small business owners or for those who dream of owning a small business. My guest today is trumpeter David Rosen and owner of the Rosen Music Company in downtown Little Rock. If you've got questions or comments for either of us, call. 501-433-0088. What's that again? That number is 501-433-0088. Or you can send us an email if you're shy. You can send us an email to... Questions at upyourbusiness.org. That's questions with an S. That's correct. So, David, your dad started the business in 1955. You had to be just a child. He was a... I gathered from reading a little bit that he was a successful musician. Yeah, he had toured a lot, uh, and World War II came, and everybody was at war. Uh, after the war, we settled back here. My mother's from Arkansas, so they uh, they met here, and we uh, came here after the war. But during the war, we were out in uh, the Seattle, Tacoma area, up uh, Washington State, up in McCord Field. I thought you said Colorado. Your family is from Colorado. Are they from Washington State? No, my my father grew up in Colorado, okay. born in Chicago. Oh. This is World War II. Okay. We've got, we've come oh, he was stationed up in Washington. Yeah. yeah, that's where my mother and father got married, Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla. There must have been a lot of people up there in World War II. Well, there were. They were on their way out, usually, to their heading west. In fact, they were going so far west, they were in the east. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. This. Yeah, that's good. Like, he just played the drums right there. Everybody yeah. didn't sit. He went, dun 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 <laughs> So your dad uh, was successful, I guess. He decided to, and I guess he saw a niche or a need. What made him decide to open a music store? He well, had kid children, decided to settle down? Yeah, that was it. Um, there were two kids then, and uh, mother said, we, we were approaching school age, and mother said, well, it's time to settle down. They said, okay. So we settled here in uh, North Little Rock first, and then Little Rock. And we started school. He, uh, he was in the insurance business for a while, and then... Uh, Gil Coliani, who had Coliani's yeah. piano company, Gil's young Gil's dad, yeah. Gil Sr., mm -hmm. his brother, Arthur, who was a, a really good oboe player, said, my brother's coming here, and I need to, to get something for him to do. So Gil convinced my dad to go into the music business. So they opened Coliani and Rosen Music Company just you know, a little time before that, and then apparently it didn't agree with, with uh uh, Art Coliani very much, and my dad took it over, and it became Rosen Music Company thereafter. Well, you have got a really long legacy of musicians 
in Arkansas. I mean, the Colianas are big. Yes. And then the Rosens are big. I mean, your business, I did the math, is 76 years old. <laughs> he grabbed his heart on that one. <laughs> yes, it I is. Well, I couldn't get my shoe off fast enough for that high cycling. That was, <laughs> we kicked your loafers off. Oh, okay. No, that was, uh, it was fortunate. But my dad's brothers were all, in, uh, well, he had five brothers, three of whom were uh, in music in Colorado. One, Sidney Robert Rosen, is in the Colorado Hall of Fame, a distinguished director from the University of Colorado. He was a composer and a, a conductor. I bet you have so great family functions. <laughs> No, you know, well, families are f interesting. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, they get together in this World War One. I mean, but three. you're not supposed to, but if you can play music, you don't have to talk. You can just sit around and sing and, you know, drum on well, the pots and pans. It would seem that way, but it's, you know, I guess it's one of those things when you do it all the time, that's the last thing you want to do. Is your wife a musician? She was, yeah. She, uh, she's from Louisville, Kentucky. Piano? Flute, actually. Oh, how pretty. And, uh good tennis player and all you know she was an all-around person it took me a long time I had to finally convince her that I was trainable in <laughs> order for her to marry me so Aww, that's a good we story met in, we met in Dallas she had uh, she'd been with the IBM for a long long time she was a systems engineer real smart and I had to kind of sneak up on her well you're a nice looking man you're kind to say that I bet you didn't have to work you don't hard. have your glasses on do you yes I, I do oh, yes. I just can't see out of them no but you are a nice looking man so I want to hear about your uh playing with um James Brown I mean did you see him doing lines of blow is he crazy 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 tell me tell me tell me no. I sound like I'm doing blow now don't I <laughs> No, he, he was an enormously professional, enormously really? talented, very professional. He didn't do any of that stuff on when he was on. Uh, in fact, he couldn't read music. I, I guess parenthetically, when he was in this area, I was in. I was one of the people he would call to get the horn section together. But uh, so I would get that together. We have a quick rehearsal, and he would get a thought of, of a song, for example. Yeah. And he would keep his rhythm section there. You know, drums, a bass, a guitar player, and the organ player. And he would start singing this line or, or beating out the rhythm first and get the drummer to start it. And when the drummer had it just as he wanted it, then he would start with the bass line. And the drummer would keep this going. And then he would lay out the bass line, tell him exactly what to do. And he'd change it here, do this, this, and get this the way he wanted it. Bang, it was off to the guitar player. He didn't read music, but he knew music. And he would, uh, in 30 or 40 minutes, they'd be playing a new chart. You know, Elton John doesn't read music. Isn't that weird? No. George Shearing doesn't read music. <laughs> Who's that? Bing bing. <laughs> Who's <laughs> that? <laughs> George Shearing is a marvelous British piano player. Was. He, he was blind. That was a little bit bad. Oh, God. That was really funny if I'd no, have known that. <laughs> that was so inside, it was outside. I mean, and that, that's no. exactly right. But seriously, James Brown. If you just uh, said Stevie Wonder, I'd have gotten it. Well, I didn't even think of that. Let's see how much younger you are than I am. Mm -hmm. No, you you're go. just more musically educated <laughs> than I am. No, the, uh, but the James Brown that I've ever experienced was truly professional. I, he may have been involved in all those drugs and things, but I never saw any of that. He always looked like a train wreck, and I just love to watch people that look like train wrecks. Everybody likes to watch people that look really? like train I mean, why is the Kardashians so popular? Because you're just waiting for them to do crazy stuff. I didn't think he was on the verge of anything. 
when he was on stage, he was 100% professional. Well, his music was great. I and mean, let's give the man his due. His music was really, well, really he was great. He was pers- you know, perfectly professional. And that's the only time I didn't interact. I didn't travel around him. So you, 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 you know that Tony Bennett's got to be professional. He's, he Gosh. comes off as professional. He's a really nice man. One of my yeah. other favorites is Vic. Com- Vic you kind of have his aura, actually. <laughs> you do. Not if peop- you do. I, bet I hope by the end of the show people can see what a gentleman you are. Oh, you're kind. You're mm-hmm. very kind. Thank but, you. you know, Vic Damone was a marvelous person. Rosemary Clooney and Keely Smith were two of my favorites because they were absolute princesses, if that's a right word. They, they were delightful people, ladies of the highest order, marvelous singers. Uh, Vic Damone was another great. Oh, I forgot about him. Oh, he was incredible. Did you ever play with Tina Turner or anybody like that? Yeah. No, didn't play with Tina Turner. Who did? We did. You know, okay, the the Temps. uh, The Temps. Temptations. uh, uh, That's that's my favorite group, the Temptations. uh, Who else? And Marvin Gaye and the Temptations. I just love them. Yeah. uh, The the Platters had a big review one time. I remember this. uh, This was in the early '60s. I was home for. It was in the summer. I guess I was in school. I was home for school, and uh, they came through on a big tour. It was it was a that was uh, a real full blown big band with all the acts that came with the Spinners, the Tops, the Temps, and uh, one other group. Is the Temps the Temptations? Is mm-hmm. that what you're? Yeah, you're I'm just sorry. Is that just lingo for okay? Um, and uh, we played that show. Boy, I got a call because one of the trumpet players had to go back to Detroit on personal d- emergency. And uh, uh, I got the call to play that, and I played it. Just, you know, went in and read it down, and they were pretty pleased with it. So I t- thought that was kind of fun. What's your favorite memory of all the things you've done like that? What's the one that just your adrenaline was pumping, and it's the clearest in your brain? You know, they say you really remember the things that you're when your adrenaline is really pumping. Little <laughs> you guys. I see you, Julie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, really? (laughs) Well, the first first pit call I ever heard playing an orchestra pit was the the National Touring Company of Hello Dolly with Carol Channing. And that was really interesting because I I was pretty young then. uh, What city was that? Here. Really? Yeah. And then it went went around. it w- that was interesting. So you lived in Little Rock all your life. Did you ever have the desire to move away to follow your music career? I did for a while. I Because uh, you met your wife in Dallas, so you must well have lived. Well, that was well after all that. Oh. Um, let's see. When was that? Uh, anyway, after I, I wanted to play, I played some. That was, that was kind of fun. But uh, when we finished school, I played, when I mentioned the Vapors Club earlier, we uh, finished school, I think, in 63. And uh, three Finished or four college, of us college, yeah, school. college, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had my undergraduate, and uh, three, I think three of us, maybe four of us. A guy named Archie Wheeler, really good alto player. Ron Helvey was a good tenor player. And maybe there were just three. We went to Reno, played out there for a while in Lake Tahoe, and that was really fun. We were trying to get, uh, make enough money to get down to Las Vegas. At that time, if you went to Las Vegas, I didn't do this, but I almost did. You had to, uh, you couldn't have a steady job for six months. You had to be a resident. You had to, you, know, you had to work out your union card. You joined the union, oh. and you couldn't have a steady job. So the best job in, in town was the relief band, which went from club to club every night and gave house band the night off. Well, you are glad you're not a drummer if you have to do that. Well, no, all the stuff. But I'm a trumpet player. Yeah. 
what we did that for a while and, and uh, would have done that uh, when we got ready to go to Las Vegas. Uh, it was just about the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. I said, well, I, I'm tired of playing. I've been around a bunch of guys who were older, great players, yeah. but they were grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> it was as though they, they had been doing this all the time. One day they looked up and that's all they'd ever done. And uh, well they felt trapped. I didn't like that feeling. So I, when they went to Las Vegas, when Archie and, and uh, Ron went down there, I came back and uh, messed around for a while. But Ron Helder became the, uh, the Secretary of the Musicians Union in Las Vegas, and Archie Wheeler's still playing out there. Really? Oh, yeah, they're still out there. You go out to Las Vegas and see them? Yeah, once or twice. But uh, recently we had, uh, I guess it was the uh, Mid-Seva Gala or something, they had the Rat Pack review. Uh -huh. And a couple of the guys, the bass player, knew Ron and Archie. He lives in Las Vegas. So we had a good visit about that. Oh, that's fun, the Rat yeah. Pack review. For everybody wants to know, that's Frank Sinatra. Sammy Davis Jr. and Gene Martin. Oh, I love those and guys. And Marilyn Monroe was involved. Well, of course she was. <laughs> 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 All right, listen. Well, you are listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy on KABF. This is a mentoring show for small business owners or for those who dream of owning a small business. My guest today is trumpeter David Rosen and the owner of the Rosen Music Company in downtown Little Rock. If you've got questions or comments for either of us, call 501-433-0088. Or you can email us questions. Questions at upyourbusiness.org. So today's Veterans Day. I want to give a shout-out to my veterans. I've got something to say to my veterans. I want to take this time to say it's Veterans Day and that I really admire and appreciate all my veterans and my current men and women that are serving right now, my active duty people. And starting today, Arkansas Flag and Banner begins our week-long honoring of these brave men and women, and I'm excited to say we've joined forces with two of my favorite things, Annan Flag Makers. It's a company in New Jersey, five generations, family-owned, making the American flag in the United States. And we've also joined forces with the American Red Cross to send holiday cards to our active military and veterans. If you come by Flag and Banner, you can sign a card that the American Red Cross is going to pick up and send to them during the holidays. And when my team at Flag and Banner first brought this idea to me, I loved it. It brought me a host of memories that flooded my mind. And I know everybody's heard of the Red Cross. And I know everybody knows they collect and distribute blood exceptionally well, and that their name is synonymous with disaster relief. But they are really more than that. And the memories that I had were, and I don't know what your listeners' first memories were, but it reminded me of my very first memories about the Red Cross. My father was a prisoner of war during World War II. He was shot down in Germany in 1944. He spent two years in Stalag 13, that's the same as Hogan's Hero, but it was not like Hogan's Heroes. And like so many war veterans, my father didn't like to talk about the war. He didn't want to think about the hard times and the people that he'd killed or the people he'd seen killed. But as time went by, he healed and became proud of his service, the colorful war stories, and his Purple Heart. When I was about 12, at the dinner table, my father began to talk about the end of the war and how he was released from prison camp. And that is when I first heard about this magical organization called the Red Cross. 
dad said, the day the war was over, we were released from prison and walked out the prison gates to a Red Cross truck loaded with coffee and donuts. They were the first Americans we saw. We were so happy. At the time of my father's release from prison, he weighed 90 pounds. The Red Cross story was the first positive thing my father ever told me about the war. I believe there are many more Americans with similar stories of hope brought by the Red Cross. Anyone can drop by the showroom at Arkansas Flag and Banner in downtown Little Rock to sign or have your kids make a card to show your love and appreciation for our veterans and our active military. We have a table set up for both adults and children. I hope that my listeners will find time to drop by. We love our brave service, men and women. Let's show them. Isn't that a great story? Yeah, very great. Yeah. I know. You just don't. That really was the greatest generation, and it was your father's generation, too. A lot of people got involved. There were over half a million lost uh, in that. And I, I, we recently saw the movie uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which was to do with the uh, Okinawa invasion. And that was really a preamble to the, the plan, at that time, planned invasion of the mainland of Japan. And uh, I think the estimates were something like they projected a half million Americans being killed in that invasion if, mm. it had, if it had taken place. I think that's what uh, prompted President Truman to decide to drop the bomb. In a, a true manner of speaking, it was the most humane end you could have because if they had gone into the mainland, the, uh, the Japanese weren't going to surrender. I mean, there would have been millions lost. Mm, I never thought of it like that. That's, uh, it was a pretty, uh, uh, that was a pretty formidable enemy. Uh, the kamikaze, for example, it's a lot like our ISIS guys. What do they call them now? Suicide bombers? Uh, something like that. Yeah, the kamikaze. I think kamikaze means divine wind. And they taught them to take off. And then all they did was they didn't know how to land a plane, so they'd crash it into a boat or a ship or something. Oh, so interesting. That's, that's what uh, – that's way. I mean, Don't even put any brakes or landing gear on that plane. Well, the poor guys. It, uh, and they're going up and never coming down. Well, you know, it was a – heroic ending for them, I guess. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, 17 virgins or seven virgins. No, How many that's, virgins? That's the other, oh, 71, sorry. but the average weight is 312 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, I'm taking back that thing I said about you being a gentleman. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy on KABF. This is a mentoring and funny show for all small business owners or for those who dream of owning a small business. My guest today is trumpeter David Rosen and the owner of the Rosen Music Company in downtown Little Rock. If you've got questions or comments for either of us, call 501-433-0088. Or email us at questions at upyourbusiness.org. David, your dad invented something called... The Romco Drum. I'm so confused by your name because there's okay. Ronco and there or there's Rosen and there's Romco. Well, Romco to start is a contraction of Rosen Music Company. When oh. my father developed his, he didn't invent it. He developed a fiberglass process, a matin resin process for drums. Uh, and it uh, theory was it was a very thin, very strong shell, and the matte portion of it. Uh, diffuse the uh, sound waves so they didn't bump into each other. So you really got a smooth circle that goes straight back at you. And the, the matte and resin, the matte diffuses it. So you get the, the stability, the consistency of metal, for example, 
and the warmth of wood. It was a great concept. He and Bud Slingerland, the owner of Slingerland Gun Company in Chicago, had been good friends for years. My father was one of their endorsers. And, uh, they was it lighter weight to move around also, which kind of yeah. solved one of those problems? It was lighter, but that wasn't the reason for it. What was the reason for it? Just The, the acoustics just and, the, and the stability of the material. And was plastic like a new thing, and he was playing with plastic? Or, mm. No, fiberglass, no. No, no, because no, Steve McQueen died from fiberglass or something, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know. But that, I, I think that's a different kind of fiberglass. <laughs> Yeah, he used to anyway, do boats with all that fiberglass. I know that fiberglass got in his lungs. It? Yeah, yeah during the war, and it got in his lungs. And uh, you have to be careful. Yeah, but it uh, it was a a good concept, and it it had, it proved itself. We showed it in Chicago at the trade show up there at the Slingerland gun display. But you know, and, they, and my father and Bud Slingerland had just about worked out all of the details for a joint venture, and Bud Slingerland was diagnosed with cancer, and he was dead within four months. It wow. was a very virulent form of. Uh, Lung, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, probably all that fiberglass. No, he, <laughs> he didn't. That was probably that smoking. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, but that that was. So that. is but it patented? It was. Yeah, it's a. It was a custom company after that, and he made them for for people on a small scale. I still have the prototypes, and they're. they're you don't. Make, they're not growth. being made anymore. No, we don't make them anymore. <laughs> so the patent is expired, and the need is no longer there. Why would the need ever disappear? I don't. I don't know that it did. We just didn't have the wherewithal to go forward with it on a national, on a national basis. It was just a custom venture. Yeah, and yeah. you just don't do it anymore. Uh -uh. So when I tell people that you were coming on, they think it's Ronco Drum, R O N. I get that. I get phone calls. It's it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, some I'll answer the phone, Rosa Music or Romco, mm -hmm. and they, they don't even ask what is this. They just are, are asking. I need seven fifty-five gallon drums uh, of you know this color or that. And I say, wait a minute, this is a music store. They say, oh crap. I, I mean, damn. I, so there is a Ronco drum. Oh, or salvage company. Yeah. Salvage company. That's salvage. what they're doing. We're yeah. transposing those two and mixing them up. Mm -hmm. I get you. Well, there's a difference. M is one hump, and M <laughs> is two humps. <laughs> Thanks, David. You're welcome. How old were you when you came into the family business? Oh, I didn't come in until 72. Uh, not age 72, year 72. You're not so. even 72 now. <laughs> uh, I guess that would make me, I don't know, 40, 36 or something like that. Oh, Young. really? I don't know. I was born in 41. So 41, 31. Yeah, you were 31. young. Was your dad still in the store? Yeah, yeah. yeah I Did y'all work together? Mm -hmm. How was he died. that? It was interesting. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it means a lot of stuff. It was interesting and uh, instructional and at, you know, at times difficult. My dad was a, an interesting guy, to say the least. He had come up through the Depression, uh, and people in the Depression really became the greatest generation mm -hmm. of earth, so, so indicated as of the World War II. I had to scrap for everything. There were no programs. You could find a job and get something to eat. Mm -mm. And that's, you know, he, he scrapped. And yeah. So he expected, yeah, that your reflex was to work. So it was uh, it was interesting. Well, I think you, you were very responsible for yourself. Mm -hmm. Very, totally. very. Uh, well, I was interested. The, the parallel is interesting. You started your company on $400. You started Rosa Music Company on $5. Wow. So, uh, you know, that's, but it was years earlier. It yeah. was probably a, a corollary there. 
Well, I think that's an entrepreneurial spirit. It's just, yeah, it's just you don't quit. You don't ever quit. Uh, uh, losing is not an option. Uh, failure is not an option. You it, that's a very good way of putting it. Failure is really not an option. I had a good friend. We used to play golf a, a lot together. He was an old baseball guy. And we played some of the gloves are real flimsy, you know, almost no gloves. And we would always talk, and he would say, yeah, well, it's tough. You just got to wake up each morning, dip your hands in salt water, and throw out swinging. Oh, that's so awful. That, well, they're not toughened up their hands, though, in oh, early baseball. Oh, really? So that's what that meant, yeah. Really? Well, yeah. I've never so, heard that. So that's, you know, what he meant. It was a metaphor for you got to dig in and do something right every day. Yeah, the guy we had last week, Rick St. Vincent, was talking about exactly that. I hear that a lot from entrepreneurs that they cannot not be an entrepreneur. They just go for it all the time. I hear that from people all the time. You're still kind of the same company you were back then. You're still a full-service company. Mm -hmm. You still sell products. Well, we, what we do, and it's just, this was the case from day one in 1955, my father decided if you're gonna sell a person something, they have to know they can get it fixed and you can learn it. So our mantra or motto is, we'll sell it to you, teach it to play it, and fix it if you break it. Golly, that's full place. service, all right. So, you know, you come back, it's FaceTime. A small business is FaceTime. You, you meet people, and uh, in our case, we've got generations in, and I even know a lot of them. But uh, if you can assure the, the customer at some point in, in the relationship that uh, if something happens, you're gonna take care of it for them, then you become, you know, uh, maybe one level above a customer client type setting like guitar center uh maybe probably yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so they're a franchise i think yeah they're very large yeah it's I a bain capital uh i know they were recently sold but it yeah it's a national company i have laughed more on this show than any other show i think i've ever been on i don't know why you're funny because you're kind you're putting up with an old guy who doesn't know much to say. You're pretty darn <laughs> funny. They're going to have to edit all my laughs out. Um, <laughs> so what about Guitar Center? Is it threatening to your business? It's a different level altogether. You know, they're, they're so big. They're a huge conglomerate in, in a way. They, uh, although, uh, you know, they've wobbled a little bit uh, because it's essentially a leverage situation. But they and you mean by a leverage situation that they got cash flow issues or they're living on cash flow or living on cash financing flow. inventory yeah and you know they could buy a they've got a lot of inventory they can sell uh, they sell entry-level guitars for example less than we can buy them for so we don't we don't really compete I, one year I did try to compete with drums for with the you know these hundred and ninety nine dollar drum sets but getting back to our mantra we'll We'll sell it to you, teach it, play it, and fix it if it breaks. <laughs> I sold six of those cheap drum sets and spent the whole next year fixing those six drum sets. Oh, yeah. So that was my one foray into that level. So we, we don't deal in, in that kind of stuff. Well, I think of them like a big box store. Uh, you get a great price, mm -hmm. but there's no service and no support after it's over with. That's what a lot of people tell me. It's kind of a disposable product if you want it. And there's a place for that. I mean, there's a place for that. You're like Tim over there moving around all the time. You're like, oh, I'll just leave that drum set. I'll get another one. Look, he's <laughs> nodding like, well, maybe not. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, but, but then there's people like me who wants to buy something one time 
and I don't ever want to buy it again, and I want it to last the rest of my life, and I want to check that off my list and be done with it. Well, value is a pr primary component, and that's, that's the, the position we deal for. That's our exactly customers. Arkansas Flag and Banner's philosophy. I thought it might be. That's the only way a small business today can really set themselves apart is to give service mm -hmm. and value because you can't compete oh with no. these people buying products from China in a truckload and bringing it over here. Well, yeah, interesting, too, uh, what happened recently with... And not just from China, from With South anywhere. Korea, for example. The yeah. uh, I've forgotten the name of the, of the shipping company, but they went bankrupt, and they had one big ship stuck in Long Beach, and it was blocking the port and they couldn't bring the other boats in to unload, so a lot of retailers are kind of uh, scrambling right now. What do you mean? Well when was, is this recent? Yeah, this, it just got dissolved last week, or early this week, I guess. But anyway, that's the point of that is you're right. Uh, if, as a small business, your responsibility not only is to your people and your bottom line or your credit, your, your bank, if you have a bank. Mm -hmm. And your employees. But to your customers. And your employees. Yeah, so you really, it, it's a, in, a, in a very real sense, a symbiotic relationship. You can't operate without customers, and you can't function without people working for you to make sure the customers are pleased with what they get. And it's just one of these little, <laughs> there was a, there's a rare South-Pacific bird called the Wuffelbird, and this happens to a lot of companies. They, uh, they fly lazily around in concentric circles, and then they suddenly fly up their own rear end and disappear. Mm -mm. So that's <laughs> that is not true. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a metaphor again for uh, companies that don't really tend to customer. Just flying around in a circle until they fly up their own rear end. They're, they're gone. Yeah. They disappear. Yeah. You have grandkids? No. Well, it's too bad because they would love you. <laughs> you uh, should. I've got uh, nieces and uh, grand nieces, and we have a good time. Um, so I have kids in the store. I have a good time with them. Boy, isn't that the truth? I'm very pleased that you remember that my children oh, right before i came on the show listeners uh david told me he remembered me bringing my kids down there oh. my kid two or three of my four children took lessons drums it was so interesting because they would you know carrie would drop them off and uh they'd come in and all of a sudden she'd leave like well, relax <laughs> imagine they'd that take you know take their lessons and get real good and at the end of the lesson they'd kind of trepidatiously walk out to the door waiting for Carrie to get there and go, our time is over. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's, <laughs> that's not the way everybody does around me, not <laughs> just my kids. <laughs> no, that's not. that was not an accurate statement. Yeah, really, take that back. I took it back. I take it back. <laughs> my kids no, her, love were, their mother. Oh, your kids were great. They are oh. great kids. All my kids are great kids. All of them are gifted and talented in the mu and musically inclined, and but only one of them is still singing uh, a paid singer. I have one that's a paid really? singer at a church. Mm -hmm. The rest of them could be, I think this is interesting about children, to if the listeners are listening, that it once, in, once they get in a choir and they get that choir mentality like mine did in school or in church, they want to be in a choir all their adult life. It's interesting. There's a choir mentality that, that the kids just it's like. Not, it's, it's not vocal music. It's music. That's one of the greatest activities a kid can be afforded. Well, uh, I know it. Community band music is very huge. Well, North Little Rock Community Band is, has grown enormously. And they're all former high school, junior high school band people. So if a person wants to get into 
music and wants their child to get into music. And did you take band in school? Oh, sure. Yeah. So is that where you think they should start? Or do you yeah. think it should be like all this other pressure on parents to start their children at four? Well, you no. know, tell the listeners how the, you think the they should start. The best way to start, it, if there is a school band program, and Arkansas, is, as noted, is a, a good band state. Really? All around the, yeah, the state. So if they get an opportunity to uh, start beginning band, they need to find a way to do that. If there's any way possible, and junior high's not too late, oh, no, or no. high school's not too late. No, uh-uh. no our, uh, your age is not too late. Twenty nine. Uh, That's right. Twenty nine. Twenty eight or twenty nine. Uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could start today and, and get real good. But you know, really? the point is, it's all music is. First of all, music is athletic. You're training your mind and body to become reflexive in uh, in in terms of playing an instrument. Really? Oh yeah, you have to s- you have to view the the note. Your eyes see the note. Then you know con- s- it transmits it to the brain. The brain sends the messages to the various digits or, or arms or feet or hands that are need to come into play in order to produce that sound. And the the more you practice, the quicker you get. It's like catching a ball. The first time somebody threw somebody a, a baseball, a little kid, he said, "Whoa, here comes the ball." Yeah. Oh my glove! I mean, uh, hopefully he gets it up or dodges before it pops into the between the eyes. But over a period of time, it's it's just reflex. He catches that ball and throws it back in one motion. So it's it's an acquired skill. But the beauty of it is it stays with you, and it it, it really applies to everything that you do. If you uh, if you deal in math, it's very mathematical. I've heard that before. And uh, reading and interpreting, you know, it, it's the right side learning. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a uh, it's a very very important element uh, in educa- in the educational scheme. Sometimes, in my opinion, we get a little bit too wrapped up in in technology and forget the ABCs of learning. Anyway. Well, so I'm glad to hear that um, that our schools are not uh, negligent in the areas of music. Well, they're having trouble. Their uh, fi- finances are always a problem, and I don't know why that is. I don't. There's just problems with it. But sad, the sad thing is when, you, when there are budget cuts to be made, it's always the, the mm-hmm. path of the least resistance, in this case, uh, the arts. And that's, that's true countrywide. They don't cut the sports. They cut the well, arts. They, cu- they cut those down some, too. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Budgets are budget. You know that. You deal with budgets every, every day, probably. I oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> not necessarily budget. Just where's the next payment coming from? I don't think people that are in small business realize how much uh, we do live hand to mouth in small businesses. Well, the people outside of small business. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. The people outside don't, you know, people always go, oh, Carrie, you're rich. I go, well, maybe this year, but next year I might be broke. Maybe <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, just this last period uh, has been pretty flat. Yes, it's always that way before an election. You and I were talking about that before mm-hmm. we went on the radio, that everybody's always scared if their person doesn't get in that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And so we uh, – we, um, I think it's any, just any disruption. Any election, yeah. Any disruption. And you said it happened with – Well, for years it was uh, the racing season. The racing season. And when Oakland opened in February, and, and our retail component mm-hmm. would flatten out. And then just about the end of the racetrack, you take a little breath and bang, it's tax season. So you know, nothing much happens until May. Well, well I think we're going to have a pretty long dry spell here coming up. So we're going to get our budgets out and start looking at them right now. I think it's going to be a very, very boom period. Oh, 
Okay, good. Keep saying that to me. I need She's all the. Okay, Sonic. Call, text me that every day, <laughs> would you? You're listening to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy on KABF. This is a mentoring show for small business owners or for those who dream of owning a small business. My guest today is the trumpeter David Rosen, and I can't believe you didn't bring your trumpet. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh I gosh. told my daughter to call you and tell you to bring it. Well, you probably would have blown us out of here, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I figured. I would have I played Happy Days of Heroic We'd <laughs> We'd have to put you in another room and make you <laughs> play for more than there. Well, uh, what you'll have to do is uh -huh. next time our big band plays, you'll have to be sure to come down here. Oh, I absolutely will. Listen, if you're going to invite me, I'm going to invite you. Oh, gosh, time is flying by. Let me make sure I get everything we want to talk about. I want to talk about your... I did want to tell the listeners about how to get their kids started with you. And how do kids get in touch with you? At the store, Rosen Music Company, the number is 501-666-0814 or rosenmusic at AOL.com. And we have a rental program. It's very, very simple. Very you do? Easy. Oh, sure. Our beginning students. It's like 27 25 a month. And it's a month-to-month -month rental. Seven seven dollars. No, twenty-seven dollars. Oh, twenty-seven dollars. Twenty-five cents a month for a it's, rental program. Yeah, it's twenty dollars cheap. rent. There's uh, sales tax on that, and a little bit of damage insurance on that. The twenty dollars of that each month may be applied toward the purchase of an, that or another instrument if you decide to buy. But it's a, as I said, a month-to-month -month rental, so you have the return. You maintain the return privilege throughout. Wow. So it's it's a simple way to go. It's just for clarinets, flutes, trumpets, trombones, saxophones. Uh, that is wonderful. And that, so know, anybody could get involved with that. You, you've taken the barriers down. Anybody oh yeah. could do, do $27 a month. Well, it, it's uh, a lot of people really, really busted to do that. I mean, they're, they're yeah. kind of strained times in a lot of cases. Yeah. But that uh, that's doable. Do you sell... Uh, all only wind instruments or no all, we sell all wind strings and percussion you have classes in all those sure everything we sell we teach and repair so yeah perry israel is our guitar teacher brian withers is our percussion i teacher. think that's who taught my son it is that's been he's still there oh yeah he's he's younger than tell i tell him that my son is a crazy ukulele player i will uh-huh he's got lots of them yeah we sell ukulele. he even got a banjo size one yeah we got those too Every, right down so he had tell Perry he had influence on it. I will. Oh, he's very Perry. Perry Israel is as good a teacher. And Who's the doing the drums these days? Brian Withers. Same, same guy. guy. Oh, yeah. No, I don't let him go. In fact, Brian. We were talking one day, and I, I don't mean to take all your time. No, no, you're good. Brian's first teacher was my dad. What? Yep. That God, we y'all are family. Here. People out there listening, it's Rosen Music Company down on Main Street. They are awesome. Y'all have gone full circle and moved back down to Main Street where your father started. You were gone to Kavanaugh for how many years? We were on Kavanaugh uh, right across from the old Heights Theater for, I guess, 40 years. That's where we were when I went in. Uh, his dad started 55, uh, 7 since Dean, and we went out there and uh, back down to 1214. This is our sixth year down. I was going to kind of retire, I thought. No. I saw that place and said, that looks a lot like my dad's first store. So I took that, thinking for a year. I looked up the other day and it had been six years. So Wow. Oh, you've been down there that long? It's like Providence when that kind of stuff happens. When you feel it in your heart and your soul and you're like, no, no, that's I'm supposed to do this. There's a bunch of music companies down there, too. And you're down by South Main, who's rocking the house with great music. Oh, yeah. Well, we get the, our and big the piano. Plays there. Yeah. You got South, uh, not South, yeah, South on Main. 
cap, uh, 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 piano player. Yeah. Richard Deutsch. And then Romko drums. Man, it's just a music scene. That was another bit of irony that I, I was struck by when I saw this location. My dad's first store at 716 was right in the middle of the block. On the north corner, there was the economy drugstore, which was a bakery, snack bar, and a pharmacy. And then Coley owned a piano company on the south corner in Aidson Road. So when I saw this place, I looked here. And I saw community bakery. Community bakery. And I saw a piano club. So the irony is palpable. Your dad is watching down at you and saying, it's time to repeat it. He's laughing at me, probably. <laughs> He's laughing at you. <laughs> David, I want to come see you play, and I want you to have these two tickets to Dancing in the Dreamland. Bring your oh. beautiful bride. I'd love to meet her. I'll do that. It's I next will. Friday. Oh, it's, this well, it's, a, it's six days from today, huh. and it's a really lovely event, and it's early to bed. You don't have to stay out late. That's for me. That's for me. It starts at 7. Uh, you get your seat and your appetizers and sit down, and at 8 o'clock, the competition, dance competition oh. starts. And from 8 to 9, you watch the dance troops compete, you and then and then you take notes, and they're judged by a panel of judges, just like Dancing with the Stars, oh. and then you text vote in your favor. Isn't like that, that fun? It's really a group, great group of that people. Fun, and being a musician, you understand how people just put themselves out there. This group of people at Dancing in the Dreamland, this is their seventh year, oh. are, are like a family of musicians and people like this because they just really lay it on their line. Some of them are professionals. Some of them are not. You know, I, I don't like to plug television, but I have to plug this one. Go ahead. Uh, the Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. That is the most phenomenal show, in my opinion, because the music is live. And it is a heck of a band. It's as good a band as you'll get to hear. And it's what television was when we were growing up. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Uh, Jackie mm -hmm. Gleason. Oh, yeah. Shara Stars and Sid Caesar and MGM Boca. Live music. And this is a live production. It's uh, And the dancers were fine. Oh, yeah. They're See, excellent. I love the dancing. But the music, I mean, when you think about it, it's not recorded. That's happening right now. The singing, it's it's quite good. But, yeah, this is this is going to hark to that. And maybe one of these days you'll want a real band. And I have one. <laughs> you know, I think we talked about having you one time. But you have to carry all your instruments upstairs because we don't yeah. have an elevator. That's why we keep having fundraisers to try to get an elevator. I'll help you all I can. You're a good person. <laughs> but I love that Dancing with the Stars. And I love dancing. And that's why I thought, well, my fundraiser should be, about, should be focusing on dancers. Because people don't really feature dancers. And the reason they don't, I think, is because it's hard to put it together. We have a rehearsal the night before that goes on for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So it's a big production, and the and you're going to love it because the tables are all the way up, like Dancing with the Stars, up to the dance floor. Oh, yeah. You could reach out and touch their legs when they kick them up, and we've got some great people. And we got a surprise. Amy Garland's going to surprise us and sing a little song. I know. That's good. So let me see if there's anything else I forgot to ask you. You talked about education. You don't have to go to school. Um, you stayed here, made a great career. Your guitar center is, you know, what it is, and you are what you are, and it doesn't really matter, and that you offer a great opportunity to young artists who want to just see if there's a place for them in music by offering a $27 rental. I think that is just wonderful. It's pretty good. It's, it's handy. It's Does anybody good. else do that? I, other stores have rental programs. I'm not sure what their fees are. I we've, we've love that idea. We've cut it down as far as we can, and uh, I think it, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. 
It's very, very nice. And the instruments are all first quality. Of course they are, because they're yours. Yeah, it's great. Uh, let me know when you're gonna have when you're gonna play somewhere. I want to come and see. You. I'll stay up late even. That's impossible, but I'll try. We don't play late. Oh, Our good. average age is up like that. Oh good. <laughs> oh good. Um, look what I got you. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. It's a cigar. I know it is. You know what that's for? Yeah. Birthing a business. Sure. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you can go enjoy that with your scotch. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, you'll like that. Well, what, uh, Ryan called me the other day, Joe Cabasa, Ryan Harris at South of Vegas. Uh -huh. and he said, uh, he said, the beer calls it, Ryan, the scotch is old, the beer is cold, come on down. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Thank you, David. That, that cigar came from the humidor room at Colonial Wine and Spirits on oh. Markham in Little Rock. That is a great room. If oh, anybody yeah. likes to smoke cigars, they've got a wonderful selection at the Humidor Room mm. in Colonial Wine and Spirits on Markham. Thank you to my guests today, the talented and <coughs> humble and handsome, how about that, David Rosen from the Rosen Music Company on Main Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. My guest next week will be Alan Ingstrom, owner and founder of CFO Network. You're asking yourself, what is that? Well, it's an accounting, business analysis, and consulting firm for all types of businesses. Alan is gonna give advice, and he's also an entrepreneur because he started this business. Alan is super smart and has a really creative way for small businesses to outsource their accounting needs. I love this business model he has for small businesses with accounting needs. You people need to hear this, so put it on your calendar. Also, if you have a great entrepreneurial story and would like to share it, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions. Questions at upyourbusiness.org. And someone will be in touch. Goodbye to my veterans. Come see me at Arkansas Flag and Banner. We're doubling your discounts from 15% to 30% this week because we love our vets, active and retired. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me and my guest, David Rosen. If you think this program has been about you, you're right, but it's also about me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you have heard something or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next Friday at 2 p.m. on KABF Radio in Little Rock, Arkansas. Until then, be brave and keep it up. If you would like to hear today's program again or download a free copy, go to upyourbusiness.org. All of our live shows are available online within 48 hours. Find this and other helpful resources to help you live the American dream.